0: You go from the work mask, to the family mask, to the school mask, to the home, to the sports mask. And when do you, when is it you, when is it just you? And I think sometimes even young people recognize that they don't even know when they can be them. So they can get lost into all the people you have to be in so many different places. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our work is giving people at least permission to, at least awareness that, hey, you do know that there's more to you. There's more to you than what people can see and and may, imagine there's probably more to other people than
1: what you can see i will tell you that the, the doing the back was harder for me because i feel my whole world is about how my, can i reveal everything mm, you know yeah. I, I don't think that there's any part bro i if you've seen my content and my posts and stuff like i don't know that there's a part of my world that i don't speak about yeah uh so it was difficult but i but i I picked some.
0: And and, um, and for the audience who does who have who are meeting you for the first time, like I I've known you, right? And I I I know that about you. But for you know, everyone here is like maybe they're hearing you for the first time. So somebody, whatever you share, they're gonna be like, Oh my goodness, he's he's going there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so here's my mask. All right. Oh man, okay. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Adam Roa. Uh, We have an exciting show for you ahead. I I think that one of the things I'm really excited about you hearing in this show um, is just hearing Adam speak from his heart. You know, he's a musician, he's a poet, he's a, a creator, he's a writer. Like, all the things that we know that people can do behind the scenes but when we get on this show one of the most incredible things is we get a chance to just be human with each other you know one of the things that was really interesting that he said in this conversation um, when we got to the back of the mask is he said you know actually it was hard for me to come up with the back of the mask because normally I tell pretty much everything about myself and through my music and my poetry and my um, situations And I think that was the first time someone said they had difficulty because they're often being their most authentic and vulnerable selves and because they don't know what else to write differently. Um, But as we know in this space, there's no judgment. So whatever uh, anybody is willing to share, is willing to talk about, is beautiful. And today we had an opportunity to really connect. And there were some similarities on our masks that I never would have known of. And um, there was one thing he said. Um, a couple of lots of things he said, I got notes all over here, but one of the things he said is, um, if you don't have doubt, then you don't have real faith. Like to believe in something, to believe in something, like if you don't have doubt, then it's not real faith. Cause if you already know it was going to happen, you don't have to really believe in something deeper. And I think that as I'm in the process of writing this book, as I'm in the process of talking about writing this book, <laughs> I'm probably talking more about writing the book than I am writing the book, but I'm I'm in progress. I'm in progress. When he talked about the faith of believing that I'm called to do this thing, that I'm called to share this message is only magnified in the fact that there is some real doubt there. Who am I to be telling this story? Who am I to be sharing this thing to the world? Who am I to be writing a book? All the self-doubt. That's where faith comes in. And I think I've never thought about it in that way. And um, we had a really beautiful conversation. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope that if you know somebody in your life who you can know can benefit from this, maybe think of two or three people in your life who you know that have a big goal, a big dream, and maybe sometimes hold themselves back. Maybe you share this with them and uh, hopefully it will inspire them to recognize they're not alone. Maybe you know somebody in your life who's wearing a mask like everything is going all fine and everything's good but you know that something deeper is going on in their life. Maybe you share this episode with them and let them realize that that mask is heavy sometimes and that they're not alone. So, if you haven't yet had a chance to make your own mask, I invite you to go to 100kmasks.com, 100kmasks.com and join this challenge, this movement. Helping people around the world realize that there's so much more to you than anybody can see just by looking at you. Thank you for being a part of this movement. and We got some exciting news coming up in the next couple of weeks, so please stay tuned. If you're not following us on social media, please um, subscribe and like this so you can get the notifications. But follow us somewhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I don't know where you spend your time. But um, I'm excited about some really exciting things that are happening forever before. And this is not like clickbait. This is really, I just can't tell you yet. (laughs) But I'm excited because we've been working hard. This this organization has been around for 16 years. And many times I I want it to be farther ahead than it is. But, you know, I'm taking my steps. And I'm giving my best. And I thank you for being on the journey with us. Uh, Please enjoy this episode with Adam Roa. Thank you for being here. Lower, you want it lower? My my energy level is through the roof right now. I can tell you the truth.
1: Bring it, bring the fire, bro. Get me get me get me jacked up. Let's oh, do it, man. It's already
0: happening, bro. Thank you for being here, Adam. Man, we've been trying to connect for a while. I want to first appreciate you. Thank you for your time. You know, I'm running in here. I feel you know trying to on this podcast. I don't have to tell people that I was late, but I feel I feel it, and it's true. So we're talking about taking off the mask. Let me
1: just be all really honest, right? Man. And it's right now where I am in Austin, Texas is 11, 11 a.m. So it's perfect.
0: <laughs> There's a movie that has, ele- okay, I don't know what movie that was, but I remember 11, <laughs> 11 showed up somewhere. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for being in the space. And thank you for joining us on this, on this conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me, bro. And why don't we do this just because we, we're like jumping right in because we're starting a little bit late. Why don't you and I just take one deep breath together, right? Yeah. Let's I, I, do it nice inhale exhale setting the intention that we use all of this energy that we got to be the highest expression of ourselves of love and light so that those who receive it be able to feel the realness the rawness the authenticity and the love that's within themselves so so it is aho Ashe, let's do it
0: let's do it man well welcome so taking off the mask, how about first you introduce yourself to folks so they, you know, they're gonna hear, they're gonna read a bio, and they're gonna hear a little bit about you. But tell them who who is Adam Rua?
1: It's so funny. I got asked this question. I was interviewed on a podcast last night, and and same thing. Who who is Adam Rowan? I went. That's a really great question because I am. I can talk about what I do you know, I can talk about what, what I've achieved and yet none of those things feel real to who I am. You know, it's just this funny thing. I I consider myself a Renaissance man. And, uh, I believe that the best thing I can do is show up fully, fully present with my, my purpose, which is to remind people that they are seen, heard, and loved. And as long as I continue to follow that purpose, uh, my my mind my soul my heart is going to encourage me and get lit up by various different projects and ways of being and i'm just going to do those things because they they feel good and that looks like so far um I'm most known for my poetry. I have a poem called You Are Who You've Been Looking For that has been viewed over 200 million times. And you can find that on my YouTube channel. I, I'm a quote unquote influencer, I guess you'd say, across you know Facebook and Instagram and, and places. Uh, I release music. I uh, make films and videos on consciousness, creativity, and community. Those are my three pillars. I have a nonprofit called Surrendered Artists, surrenderedartists.org. I have an online personal development community, thecreatecommunity.com. I do all of these things and they all fall within those three pillars. I stand for consciousness, I stand for creativity, and I stand for community. And so anything I do will fall in there and I think that all of it will ultimately come back to self-love. So I'm a huge stand for self-love and reminding people uh, that they are more powerful than they even realize. So that's that's a bit of me. Uh, I'm also half Filipino and I own a dog that I don't get to see nearly enough because she lives with my ex and I love that dog and that creature so damn much. And I think it's important <laughs> as men that we can talk about how much we love things like little creatures and our kids and whatever.
0: Yeah, oh man, man, thank you. Thank you for getting it going. And I, and I wanna appreciate that because I think sometimes when I read the bio of someone like and I know when I hear people read my bio I'm like but there's so much more to that I mean I just wrote the bullet I just wrote the bullet points of some good stuff but man if the there's a lot of layers and a lot of rivers and ebbs and flows in there so I really appreciate you sharing your story because then it lets me know what things are right right important and right now valuable for you so thank you for that and you know this conversation is not a really interview right you know this is like you and I get a chance and um i think uh if we if we if we get time and place ourselves we met maybe five years ago maybe right five years ago Ooh. before yeah i want to say it's
1: been that long it's been that yeah i, I would yeah. it's yeah, probably four probably four to five years yeah
0: yeah totally. in in the hive global leaders uh, Out in, in your your
1: hood out in uh, san francisco area
0: yeah and i just want to say man um so much things, so many things have happened since then. But today is going to be just a way for you and I to connect on a fa- literally face to face and through the screen, but in this mask way. You know, like we're gonna talk about our masks. And you know, I, I've listened to a lot of your poetry and a lot of your music. And in your music and in your poetry, like I hear you taking off the mask. It's almost like you're the you're the embodiment of taking off the mask in a lot of ways because what you're what i hear you sing about what i hear you talk about is real stuff mm. and even some of the pushback that people push back when because they're being they're feeling their whatever they're trying not to feel they blame you for like why are you telling all your feelings all right like that, that it's like what's wrong with these people right but you know that's what's happening why right? people their own mask is checked and then they wonder why are you being so open with your stuff because it, sometimes yeah. for some people, they don't even know how to navigate it themselves, you know? So thank you. Yeah, and that's you.
1: how we got connected, brother. I, I remember now, you, I released a, a poem called Masks Yeah. Um, uh, when the pandemic was in the first, probably like four or five months. Yeah. And uh, you saw it and you reached out because yeah. of it. And, and I'm glad that you did and it reconnected and it led to this moment. And it's funny because the poems called Masks, and uh, anyone can look it up on YouTube. Adam Roa masks, or find it in my IGTV or whatever. And um, the message, I remember. I remember coming down. I was in in Encinitas, California, down in the San Diego area, and I walked down to the water. And mm. on my way there, I was looking around. And I sat on this bench, and I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, everyone's wearing masks. You know, it was just that it, there was a, that week or something that something shifted and all of a sudden everyone's wearing masks and I'm looking around and I have my, my poetry journal with me and I'm thinking, I can't see anyone. Like, I can't actually see anyone. And then I had this thought, if they weren't wearing masks, would I even be noticing them at all? And so am I actually seeing them more now because they're wearing masks, I'm aware of their presence more than ever. And so I wrote, I believe the first lines of the poem go, um, everyone is wearing masks now, but is it really that different than before? Feels like the fabric on their face is just a physical representation of a mask they already wore. And uh, that was the beginning of that poem. And the, the real question of how many people do we are walking around wearing that mask? And if that's most people, which I think it is to some degree, well, who am I actually seeing? Who do I actually get to see? Yeah. And I think there's a really powerful kind of metaphor to be found in what's happened with COVID and all of the masks of really sitting with, how much do we really know each other? How much do we really see each other when we go out into the world? And so that was where that poem came from. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of, I get a lot of, you know, comments from people who don't agree with me all the time, all the time. That's part of it. And I, and I take it more as a compliment than anything now.
0: Yeah. And I think when you, when I heard that poem, I was sitting here, like, I shared it with, I've, I've shared it with thousands of people, in workshops, presentations, because it is exactly what the Million Mask Movement is about. It's about what is it that you're trying to let people see on the outside? What are the things about yourself that you're gladly letting people see? What are the things that you're not letting people see? And this fabric, right? Like, imagine, I mean, even me walking into a store, like, I used to know that as a six foot one, 300 plus pound black man, people were watching me when I walk into stores. I, I, I felt that most of my life and now I'm walking in with a mask on, I feel even doubly conscious that, cause all they see is your eyes. You, They, they can't, sometimes they can tell you're smiling if you have smiley eyes, but um, I I don't know. If they can tell that I'm, I'm a friendly person when I'm walking into a place with a mask on, trying to get some groceries. But, and I think that so many things are new today, right? And the way we observe them, the way we see them, the way we feel them. Um, and when you talked about those stories of, um, the, the Like, what is happening? When I paint the smile on, is this, even when I don't have the the, the the physical personal protection mask on, when I put on this emotional disconnected mask, hey, everybody, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm cool. It's okay. I think one thing you talk about in that poem is also like, wh- who do you get to talk to that I've had a rough day? Like, is there somebody? I, I tell people, look, we're not here in this campaign telling people you should not have masks, but we are saying, do you have a place that you can take it off? Mm-hmm. Because if you go from the work mask to the family mask to the school mask to the home to the sports mask, and when do you? When is it you? When is it just you? And I think sometimes even young people recognize that they don't even know when they can be them. So you can get lost into all the people you have to be in so many different places, mm-hmm. and that's part of our work is giving people at least permission to at least awareness that hey, you do know that there's more to you. There's more to you than what people can see. And, and may, imagine there's probably more to other people than what you can see. And when we can begin more more aware of that, then I think we can build a stronger community. I think we talked about consciousness, creativity, and community. Like, it's hard to build a strong community if you don't even tr- trust that people are being their authentic self because you know that you're not being your authentic self. Or maybe you don't even know you're not being your authentic self. But until you become aware, you're like, I'm faking here. I'm going through yeah. so much stuff, but I'm smiling every day like everything's fine. And I think that's been the work. It's like, how do we give people either language around it, or at least just a, more of an awareness. So they realize, oh, wait, there is more to me. There's more to me than this artist, this teacher, this engineer, this doctor, this whatever. There's more to me as a human. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we get we get relegated to our titles, and we forget that we're, we're more than that, too.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think uh, there's a line in that poem that says, I, I put a mask on my face to cover my heart. Uh, and I think that more than anything, you know, this is really interesting. This is popping up for me right now. Um, I was in a relationship, uh, last year with a a semi-celebrity actually. Um, and so there was an opportunity, someone in the music world, and there was an opportunity for me to get up close and personal with someone whose life needed to be a persona, someone whose life uh needed like there are things I can't say online because I will upset my fan base and there are things that I can't reveal about how I live my life or what I do because of the impact that it'll have on my business and my brand and it was really challenging to be the person I am where I'm so open I'm 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 the dude that all my other friends who are coaches and very open and speak, oh, look to and go, yo, I could, I can't believe that you just did that. And, um, and they tell me that's inspiring. You know, I, I made a reality show about, I was with a woman for 10 years. And after we broke up, I made a reality show called the art of choosing love Um, which mm. people can search that on YouTube. But that was, I said to the cameraman, the more uncomfortable, the more painful, the more sad, the more awkward the the situation or what I'm going through, put a camera on it. And I said, I I needed that rule because I could not give myself permission to hide. It needed to be something where I knew. And because what that did was it took me out of my head of should they film this, should this not. Everything like it was it was all on the table. And so there was never, I was, it gave me permission to not be in my head because it was all being filmed. And um, so to be that person and then to be in relationship with someone that I loved so dearly who uh, wasn't that. And then to now receive all of the pushback, you know, her family, did not approve of me, did not like me. And the reason was because of how open I was. They thought I was bad for her brand and bad for her business and bad for, you know, what she was trying to do. And I was gonna ruin her career and all of these things. And I got death threats and and mean mess. I've never gotten so many mean Instagram messages in my life than from her fans coming at me. And, um it led to, in many ways it contributed quite deeply to the breakup and and i remember even in the breakup being her revealing how much of what had been said by her family had actually penetrated into questioning whether or not it was I was having a negative impact in some way, shape or form. And, and yeah. even, uh, even though she didn't want to believe those things, was it, you know, was it there? I could tell in the questions she was asking and all of these things. And I went, it, it had me, I left that feeling smaller than I'd ever felt mm-hmm. because to be the person who reveals to take the mask off is, is it's, takes courage, it takes work. I've had when I think about my morning routines and my meditation, when I think about all the work that I've done in personal development, plant medicines, hiring coaches, all of that is how I've become the person that takes the mask off at yeah. the level that I do. It it's work to be that person. And to have worked my whole life to become that person and then to have that be a reason why I'm I'm being like broken up with. To have that yeah. be a reason why uh, people who've never met me are judging me and saying hurtful things, yeah. it really, it spun me out for a bit, you know? And and, and had me questioning, do I want to be that person? Maybe I, I shouldn't be, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. And I really kind of had to rebuild myself from mm-hmm. the ground up again. And I can proudly say that I'm sitting here feeling better than I've ever felt. I feel so empowered, so good, but it did take, um, a dissolving of myself and a rebuilding. And so I want people to understand, like, if you don't feel fully comfortable taking that mask off yet, I, I get it. There's, we're in a world that doesn't treat the human heart as sacred. And so it can be an incredibly, um, scary thing to do, but, but it's possible for you yeah. And it's important because some people have to lead the way. Someone's got to go first. And, and I think that why I share as openly as I do about my, my struggles with depression and my u- drug use in my past and all of that is because I want people to understand that no matter what you've done, no matter what has happened in your life, none of that defines you. And the moment that you decide you're going to shift your life, you shift your life. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's important to me.
0: Yeah. I, I think when you, what you say really connects in, in lots of ways, just in terms of all the stories that, that I tell myself. But also there's a quote, um, I think, from Mark Twain where he says, the two most important days of your life are uh, the day you were born and the day you realize why. Because if you can be doing life all along but not realize why you were really put here, because when you find that thing, it may not be money driven; it may be heart driven, and sometimes that's a conflict with our capitalist society. Because I know I wanted to be rich. I, this nonprofit thing was not the plan. You know what I'm saying? Like well, it wasn't. It wasn't Ashanti's plan. <laughs> it was. Some, it was somebody else's plan that called me, and I just was like, "Uh, uh-uh, not me." I ran from it for two years, and finally, when I went back to school to become a teacher is when I finally really was like, this is what makes me come alive. Like financially it's not doing what I think it wanted to do for me, but, I, but my heart, my full, being able to wake up fulfilled every day has been a- amazing. Knowing what it was like to wake up, feeling like I gotta go do this thing. I can, you know, I could do this thing. I'm being paid really well to do this thing, but I'm just doing this thing. But now, I, my, the work, the mission, the purpose has meaning, and that is for me uh, has, has changed everything.
1: Yeah, and and I we have so many examples of people who have hit levels of success, fame, money, and every one of them says the same thing: it's not going to make you happy. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't shift that thing, and it's you know. I had more money than I'd ever had in my life and that was the year that I dropped into the deepest depression that I've ever faced. And um, I think that it's tough because only the people who've been to the mountaintop can let you know what it's like. And yet people who haven't yet been to that mountaintop don't wanna believe the people who've been there and I, <laughs> yeah. I think that the reason is because that mountaintop gives a lot of people hope, yeah. you know? And, and there are people who are just saying, yo, if I, if I made a million dollars, I'm going to be so happy because I'm going to be able to provide for my family. I'm going to be able to do this, I'm going to do that. And there, this mountaintop of usually it's money. It's usually some level of money, but it can also be success or some sort of accomplishment. Yeah. The idea that everything changes when you get there. And I was really blessed, bro. I had the experience of hitting my early mountaintop at 18 years old. And when I got there, I went, what the hell? I'm... I, I thought that things would be different and they weren't. And because of that experience, I started questioning everything. And, and yeah. that ultimately led to me starting to follow my heart as my priority, which was mm-hmm. to move to Los Angeles and, and pursue an acting career instead of going down the road I'd been going in business. And I went, okay, oh, great. And and then, of course, that had this level of fame attached to it that I wanted and, and all of this stuff. But over time, uh, even as recently as this this – uh, year, realizing that it's it's all about lifestyle. Mm. It, don't design your your world around what you want to accomplish. Design your 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 whole world around what you want your lifestyle to be like. Mm. That's that to me is one of the biggest shifts that you can do. Is say what's important to me is travel important to you? Awesome. Figure out how to do it. Yeah. Is Community important to you? Amazing. Figure out how to be a part of one or start one. Is arts and creativity important to you? Great. Don't wait until you have a bunch of money in the bank so that you can pursue that singing career that you've always dreamed about. Start singing. And when you can design your life around the things that light you up, you're now, um, it's the life is going to be enjoyable. All along the way, because there is no destination. Everyone who's ever gotten to their destination has always said the same thing, which is now what? Yeah. Now what? <laughs> what do I do now? I got to this place and I didn't have a plan beyond it. And and um, that's a huge shift that I hope people listening to this can really take to heart.
0: Yeah. And, and even in some of those, those uh, go get them seminars is like, well, once you get that goal, then you make a new one, right? And you keep stretching it out in front of you. So you're never there. And then when do you enjoy what you've accomplished? And I know as a person who is oftentimes not saying Ashanti, good job (laughs) to myself, like when I hear from others, it doesn't necessarily land because I've rarely say it. I may not even sometimes not believe it myself. I think we're all, we've already, I think probably made a mask out loud in this work. Did you make a mask? Did you make one? Yeah, I did. I got it right here. <clears throat> I, I feel like that's the, that's what, okay, well, let's do it. Cause I think it's already, <laughs> it's already coming out, right? It's already happening in the conversation. But just, um, do you wanna go first? Or you want me to go first?
1: Um, yeah, I can go first. I will tell you that the, the, doing the back was harder for me because I feel my whole, world is about how my, can I reveal everything mm, you know yeah I, I don't think that there's any part bro I if you've seen my content and my posts and it's like I don't know that there's a part of my world that I don't speak about yeah uh so it was difficult but I but I I picked some
0: and and um, and for the audience who does who have who are meeting you for the first time like I, I've i known you right and I, I I know that about you but from you know everyone here is like Maybe they're hearing you for the first time, so somebody, whatever you share, they're gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, he's he's going there." So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So
1: here's my mask. All right. Oh man. Okay. And so my mask, uh, the thing that I lead with uh, for people that I'm happy happy to wear is being smart, um, being hard worker, and uh, being caring. Like, those, those things are, I'm like, yeah, I want you to know all those things about me, right? Oh, boy. Okay, well, watch this, okay?
0: So this, <laughs> okay, so here's the front. Let me just show it because it's, it's kind of big. Okay, here's the front. Funny, caring, serious, and hardworking.
1: There we go. We got two. We got we two, go. two out of three. <laughs> That's the um, front. And then my back, the three things: um, uncertain, fear of failure, and then anger. I think that those those um, I don't know how much of that I don't share, but I think those at least are three things that uh, I have that um, when they pop up, I work I work through them. But I don't necessarily broadcast them, right? And, yeah. and so, just even for the record, I have doubts all the time. I have doubts that what I'm, I'm screwing it all up. <laughs> that what am I doing? What is this idea that I have? What are you? What's going on? Uh, I have a fear that when I overcome the doubt and I start doing the thing, that it's not going to work out. That there's that the, the quote unquote failure. I definitely yeah. have uh, that as well. And uh, then the anger is is a big piece where. Um I, I am learning more and more how to use anger in a, a supportive way, because I think yeah. it's one of the most misunderstood emotions. and it's, um, something that is incredibly beneficial to utilize in a lot of ways. And yet, in most of my content, for example, I don't I don't come at it when I'm angry, yeah. because I think that the energetics of anger, Um, it's not even that, like with you and I, we may be in a situation where I can bring my anger and I can bring my heat and you're like, yeah, bro, get it. Or you can hold that. But for a lot of people, the moment they feel that anger, they get incredibly defensive. They get triggered. And, and so bringing anger a lot of times is it's, even if I knew how to be with my anger in a good way, it could just create a situation where people don't know how to be with it. And so a lot of times I'll hold back on, on leading with that. So, um, yeah, I I think that those three are, are pieces that I don't lead with quite as often. Oh,
0: yeah. Thank you for that. And I'm going to, here's, here's the, here's mine in the back. Fear of failure, scared about sadness about death and, uh, our brother's mental health. And, uh, the when you talked about the fear, like the the doubt. I, I'm. I, what am I doing? Why we had a campaign called the Hundred Thousand Mask Challenge. As we approached fifty thousand, something, something in me said we should call it the Million Mask Movement. Now, so we hadn't even got to hundred thousand yet, and then I changed it. I just put the goal literally ten times further. <laughs> and I think when I think back to that, that decision, I think the original goal was a million. I downplayed the original goal to go to a hundred thousand. And then I just said, but it's that moment of like, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you get close to the goal and then move the goal post? Right? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, for, for social entrepreneurs or people who are like trying to do big things in the world, you know, that the goal kind of drives you. So I know that is a big piece, but also, uh, is that feeling of like, what are you doing? Um, is this gonna work? Like, how am I gonna reach a million people? I don't know how I'm gonna reach a million people. And I think just when I finally just let it go, that it was called to me. I, I heard a man yesterday say, like, it, it, when it comes to you, it's your calling. You, you may not even be able to translate to other people; they might not even be able to get it. But it's not for them to get necessarily right now. But it's for you. If it's yours, then it's gonna come through you. And you got to do with it what it is calling you to to, to to the table. And I, and I've started to get comfortable with the fact that even though I moved the goal so far away from where where original goal was, that it feels right and it feels it makes sense. And and I have to I have to tap the fear out sometimes. It's like a wrestling match, literally. Like, hey, fear, you got to come out now. Got to come out because you're in the way. Like you're you're holding me, <laughs> you're holding me back from the thing I need to be doing. Right, like. And I I think I appreciate you speaking about the doubt and, and that, and that probably connected deeply to the, to the fear. So, uh, yeah, that's the back.
1: Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, bro, where, um, if we didn't experience doubt, we wouldn't need faith and faith is the fuel that, um, allows the space for magic to enter into your life. You know, Mm. if, if it was all certainty and it's like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, there's, (laughs) and that's how it played out. You could literally script your life out. There's no room for magic. And so where magic enters into the, the same spaces that, um, faith does. And, and I think that depending on people's context around faith, you know, I was raised Catholic and faith to me was belief in something that I didn't resonate with when Mm -hmm. I was growing up. And so I had a resistance to that. But to me now, faith is just the belief in something that you can't yet prove, you know? And so what, what is faith? I believe that I'm, I'm going to impact hundreds of millions of people. In fact, I already have. My poem's been viewed 200 million times. So awesome. What, what keeps me going? Where is my doubt and where is the opportunity for faith? And the more that we can find those spaces, I think that's actually a, a good thing. Oftentimes I, I seek those spaces out. I look within myself and I'm like, where am I actually doubting what I'm doing? Where is that? You know, I have a podcast called The Deep Dive um, and I'm consistently. Going, man, what am I creating the impact with that thing? Would it be better if I spent that time focused over here? Right. But then I get, I, I just feel into it and I get that one message or two messages or whatever people reposting episodes and I go, this is making an impact. And so the combination of knowing that it's making some sort of impact and how it feels in my body to do it. That's, that's enough for me to have faith that it's the, the quote unquote right thing for me to be doing. That's in alignment with who I want to be and what I want to create on this planet. And that is where the magic can happen, you know, is, is, is just trusting, trusting that if it feels good and I can see some level of impact that it's making, that's, that's enough for me. That's enough. And I'm just going to keep leaning into that.
0: Man, thank you. Thank you for that. I think I really like that what you just said. I'm going to write that down on a, on a poster. Faith is the belief in something you can't prove. And I think that that is, those are words that I think young people in our, that we work with all the time is helping them to see that. Like if you, if you have belief, if you have faith in your goals and your dreams, if, you ne- if you've never seen it in your life before, it may seem like it's not even possible. And people may tell you that it's not possible. Cause no one in your family, no one in your community, no one in your life has ever done it. But it just means that it hasn't been done yet. It doesn't mean that it's not can't be done. And I think helping people to push that envelope of saying, you know what, actually, yeah, I can't, I can't prove that it's gonna happen, but I believe it and I'm gonna keep believing it. I'm gonna keep pushing forward. And I think what we see with these, with this work, what we see with young people like this morning, I have a young man. The the, the the challenge is that he's afraid. We have a presentation after this. He's afraid. So we got on a call this morning to practice and he is he he can't talk. He's like like internet like the camera keeps going on and off. He's like like he's freaking out. And I'm like, Oh goodness. I just see him in his in his head. And I said, Listen, you don't need to write the story down because it's your story. You have to decide, are you willing to tell your story or not? And what I saw in him to this morning literally happened, that's why I was running late because I was like trying to talk him off the ledge of quitting. Like he was like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I, nothing's working. I'm like, take a breath, right? I'm like, I gotta go to a I gotta go to a podcast. But listen, I can't leave you in this in this stuck more because you're stuck. Right? You're in a you're in a rut. You're telling yourself a story that's not true. You're believing that you're gonna fail. You you can't prove it, but you're, that's what you're having faith in. You're having faith in the failure as opposed to having faith in the success. And I think we could actually have faith in many different things, you know. And so actually, I, I just actually I just, I just thought about that right this moment. Yeah. So he was he was he was believing in failure as opposed to believing in success. And <laughs>
1: and, oh and God, that's, that's you know people ask me all the time because I've yeah. I've had I've been blessed to be able to speak on stages in front of thousands of people and, and yeah. perform. And uh, they say, do you ever get nervous? I say, what is nervous? What does that mean? Uh, it's, you know, that feeling of blah, blah, blah. And they'll describe a feeling. And yeah. what I mean is, you know, but do I get butterflies in my stomach? Yeah. Do, do my, can my like temperature get a little hot and I, and I start like feeling a little sweaty and my heart rate increase? Yeah, absolutely. That happens before I step on any stage. It doesn't matter how small or big. And yet, what is the difference? Because that's the same response as, being excited. When you get excited, your heart rate increases, your, your, your temperature might rise. You get some butterflies in your stomach. So if the physiological response is exactly the same, what's the difference between excited and nervous? And for me, it's just a matter. Am I focused on what could go well, or am I focused on what could go really wrong? Mm -hmm. If, if I'm focusing on all the ways I could screw it up, then all of that feeling is tied to that, then yeah, I'm nervous. If, if, I'm focused on all the things. How great this could go, and all those feelings are in my body. I'm excited. It's the yeah. it's the exact same feeling in the body, and so <laughs> w- w- the perspective. And and that's beyond just one moment. That's life. How are you viewing life? You know, are you viewing it through what can go poorly? Are you going? Are you viewing it through the potential of how beautiful it can be? And mm-hmm. then you're excited for life. And I think that what is difficult, and what I want to sp- speak to, even as someone who's experienced, you know, sexual abuse in my past, and a lot of experiences that have shaped me in a way where, for most of my life, I didn't feel safe on this planet. I didn't feel physically safe on this planet, and um, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know what what could go wrong? What's what's the danger lurking behind this corner? And yeah. it it is a really difficult way to live, bro. It's difficult to do that. And so we get to figure out how to support people in remembering that for every bad thing that's happened to you, if there's 24 hours in a day, you could have one five minute bad thing that happens a day, but then you have 23 hours and 55 minutes of the rest of your day where that's not the case. And yet for some reason, we focus on that five minutes mm. and we make it mean something about how the entire world operates. We we think about that one person who cut us off in traffic and forget about all the people who smiled at us when we were walking down the street. Like, we get to shift our perspective to see more of the beauty and that's going to unlock so much potential for this planet. Man,
0: man, you, you, there you go. That (laughs) I I think that is a beautiful perspective of that. And I think that is what we see in this work with young folks. I think, you know, most of our work is with young folks. And I think I remember when, I think when you, gave your I don't know if it was the first time you gave the speech the poem um you are the one you've been waiting for you were in an audience of students you've been looking for yeah you are who you've been looking for you were in a it was a a group of students in the audience at least one of the times you gave it
1: yeah I mean I've done it a number of times the one that went viral I was at a a a Kyle Cease event it was a personal development event
0: right on well I know I've seen young people who when I, I show it to young people and I show uh, the masks definitely to young people. like they are it puts it in language so clear that it's like, yeah, you can pretend you didn't hear it, but but you kind of heard it, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that is what we try and do with this work is how do we make it simple enough so people can get it and then decide that they don't want to talk about it or deal with it or 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 re- we we make this activity fairly simple, but it's not easy, right? it's it's one picture plus six words. It's fairly simple to do, but it's not. Easy, necessarily thinking of the words, or what words can I share, or or talking yourself from the fear of whatever somebody's going to judge me, or. Um, but what we're what I'm thankful for with you is really like taking those words and putting them into a, a, a way of being able to understand it and hear it, and I think that when people hear this, I think they're going to be like I've written down several quotes right here. I got some notes writing here is because it's like. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's what we're trying to do. How do we get it into the words that are clear enough, clean enough, simple enough that people can say, yeah, I get it. I'm still <laughs> nervous about it. I'm still worried about it, but but I get it, right?
1: I think for me, that's why I believe art is the way. Yeah. I, I have a nonprofit called Surrendered Artist, and one of our biggest pillars is uh, working with the youth to teach them how to use art as a healing technology you know i i was molested at the age of five that was a, a repressed memory that i did not remember until i was 30 years old and the reason that that happens is my consciousness basically decided you can't handle this you 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 are not able to process it you don't have the the support system around you to 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 deal with that you don't know how to to process it on your own. So mm. you're gonna have to not know that this happened. And we there's a common saying, hurt people hurt people. And I would love to sit here and say, yo, we're gonna have hurt people stop hurting people. Yeah, we're working on that. And in the meantime, while hurt people are still hurting people, how do we give people the tools for processing the experience that of of trauma, of wounding? How do we give people that so that no matter yeah. what shows up in their life, they have a way of moving that energy so it doesn't become something that lies dormant in the unconscious and affects someone for 25 years without knowing it like it did with me. And yeah. so we just did um, one of our, our first actual digital event uh, called Journaling for Joy, where um, mm. I, we had parents bring their kids and taught this workshop on how to tap into your emotion and turn it into writing, mm. tap into a different emotion, turn it into writing. And it's something that we're going to continue to do with dance and singing and music. Like there's so many ways. And and I feel art is a safe space and a safe way for people to really be with their emotions. And I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm so grateful that I've come into that for myself. When, when I think about the way, when, you, when I look at masks and the poem I wrote, or you are, you've been looking for, every single time that I do those, it's medicine for me. Yeah. You know, I, 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 for a while went, I don't want to be that one hit wonder. Everyone wants me to do that poem about self-love. But every single time I do it, I can still get emotional doing it because the, self-love never gets tired. That's not, that's not a topic that, that we can get tired of. I think that we gotta be careful because right now there's a lot of commoditizing of that world and you know <laughs> people trying to sell stuff based on that and yeah. I'm not immune to that as a coach and someone who uh, you know, has online communities and stuff to help people love themselves more yeah. and um, it can't just become noise. It, it gets to be something that the message continues to land and it's not something where we see something ex- inspiring on Instagram and we just double click it and hit like and then move on. It's like, wait a second. Did you actually let that land? Mm. Did you actually let that in? Because I would rather you see one Instagram post a day that make that lands for you and goes, whoa, yeah. than a thousand that go in one ear and out the other yeah
0: man. well, I just want to say thank you for sharing about what happened when you were five. I think when you talk about that idea like your system couldn't handle it I, I I experienced the same thing when I was eight, and I think my system needed to protect household family and knowing that that I didn't know that that there that it would make it better by being able to to navigate it. I mean, it was sometimes somewhat subconscious. I was eight, but I remember when I remembered, I'm like, "Uh-oh, what do I do with this information now?" Right, as an adult, right? Do I just maybe I'll just go to my grave with it? And it began to just work its way through to the surface. So, thank you for sharing that. And uh, as a as as a man who's been trying to like get the wound to turn into a more of a scar, uh, mm-hmm. it's a journey, right? Because I, and when you, when you talked about like journaling for for joy. I really or or, sorry, you're journaling for joy, I think you said. Um I I I remember I've been blocked trying to write this book, right? And I think I'm because I'm trying to write a book as opposed to writing a story and then writing a story and then writing a story. And I think that if I was to tap into the emotions and just journal from the emotion, I'm gonna try that tonight. I'm gonna try that tonight as a as a task. Just take an emotion and just journal from that. Because I, I feel and I talk about feeling and I I'm okay feeling. I mean I, I allow myself more to feel now than I ever have in the past. So thank you for for sharing that. And I, and I'm and how about I mean I think I could talk to you for a lot longer but I, how about this you've given some tips and ways that people can find you. Um before I want to close in a second but I want to say what would you say to the young people out there? And everything you said is relevant to young people but because our work is, you know, primarily starting with young people what is something you say to young people who are right now in this pandemic trying to figure out back to school, not back to school? Like, what do I, feeling lonely, not being able to talk about it? Is there a a, a mess, a word, a sentence you have for those folks who are a year at home trying to figure it out, you know? Um, but more so in the sense of like, just a word of inspiration for them um, as we close.
1: Yeah, I, t- I guess I have two things that pop into my head. One is, Everything you're feeling is worthy of being felt. Um, There's an idea, especially as men, that we're not supposed to feel certain things. And if we do feel them, we should hide them away Hmm. and put that mask on, right? And um, if you're feeling it, it's worthy of being felt. However, how you choose to express that gets to be done in a way that doesn't hurt yourself or hurt other people or hurt the planet. And so, the, the second piece is find a way for you to express your emotions. I believe art is that way. I think it's a safe space, you know, whatever that is. And it might look like um, one day you lock yourself in your room and you just scream into a pillow for a while and, and yeah. you just punch that pillow and you let out all your anger, right? It might be going on a long run, just running. Until until you feel so tired that you you can't you're so tired that the emotion's been drained out of you you ran it out, I mean whatever that is you get to find a safe way to express it um, and don't think that because you're feeling it that you're bad or that it's wrong. We all are feeling a lot right now, and um, how you learn to be with what you're feeling is to me the signs of how your your whole life is going to unfold. Man. Thank you, man. Thank
0: you, Adam. Thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate you. Um, tell folks the best ways or which ways you want they can reach out to you and find you. And we'll, we'll link all this in the show notes, but uh, let us know how they can follow you, find you, and tap in.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me, bro. I'm, I'm always uh, glad when we get a chance to connect uh, and so appreciative of the work you're doing in the world, you know, very aligned. So um, for people who align with my message and want more of it, uh, my podcast is called The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. Uh, I'm on all the socials, right? YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Adam Roa, R-O-A. My website, adamroa.com. Uh, my nonprofit, surrenderedartist.org. And I have um, music and poetry on Spotify. My music's under ROA, just R-O-A. And then my my um, online community is thecreatecommunity.com. All right. Well,
0: as a, as a new person who is trying to create, I, I will be tapping into that. And um, thank you for the, the journaling, just the thought, because um, that feels a lot more doable than trying to f- finish the whole book, right? And congrats! And good luck on your book that you said you're working on. So you said you're working on a book. I'm working so on two
1: simultaneously that. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, just one's that's got not three, enough. Right now, I have I have the, the I have three books. Like I know what they are, and one of them gets to wait. But I got two that are uh, I got two that I'm working on simultaneously.
0: <laughs> oh, you should teach a, a time management course. I don't know I'm sure how you do all this, but I imagine you find a way. So, man, thank you for thank you for being here today. Thanks for making time. And folks, if you want to make a mask out there, you know, you can do that at 100kmasks.com. We invite you to be a part of this movement. And um, we're on our way to a million. So you can be one of the million in this uh, phase of this work. So uh, again, Adam, thank you for being here with us today on Taking Off the Mask. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all soon. Cheers. If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Uh, Please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, We also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us a, in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you, can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone.
1: Thank you.